This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. Hello and welcome to Live and Learn on The Bigger Picture with me, Lim Su. And now to talk a bit about pop culture today, the recent rumours swirling around the news of Joe Jonas and Sophie Turner's divorce, um, a very inf- uh, famous celebrity couple has revolved around how the latter, how Sophie Turner hasn't been present uh, in her children's lives in recent months, despite that she has been away working, filming. And that has actually sparked a conversation um, on social media about the double standard in parenting that we unfortunately still see today among some working parents. So here to dive into this topic today and also we want to talk about how people's expectations, people's words also impacts the well-being of a family, of the parents and the children. Um, today I'm speaking to Najminta Judin from Mashik and Lavender Tan, a clinical psychologist. Thank you both so much for joining me today. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thanks for having us. Now, I'm going to start a bit by, I guess, looking at this this celebrity news, perhaps, right, to, to just um, go into it. What do both of you make about this alleged rumour? I, I guess when we talk about this alleged rumour that's being reported, how, you know, the mother, Sophie Tsander, hasn't been spending much time in recent months with her kids because she's been away working. People, uh, there were rumours that, oh, she was out partying, having fun. Um, do you see a double standard being applied here when people pointed out that, you know, the dad, Joe Jonas, has also been away touring with his family? Um, is there a double standard here that you see? And maybe I'll start with you, Najmin. I think that um, is just looking at the Sophie Turner situation, right? Mm-hmm. I witnessed this unraveling in real time on my Twitter timeline. Mm-hmm. And it was interesting to follow this from a media perspective to see the responses that, you know, people could read between the lines and see this for what it probably was, mm-hmm. our campaign. You know, women, by and large, they came to her defense, you mm-hmm. know, uh, brought out receipts of past interviews of her admitting to being a homebody, Mm -hmm. preferring to stay at home. So they realized then that the reason for her being away from her kids was that she was back at work. Mm -hmm. And I think we we just have to be honest with ourselves here. For most of us mothers, we are full on with our children when we are with them. And when we step away from them, I don't think it's wrong to have a bit of fun. I don't think it's fair to vilify mothers when they do take time for themselves on their own or with their girlfriends while the kids stay at home with their fathers because mm. at the end of the day we are more than just mothers for our kids I think that there is a double standard you know when it comes to women um, being good mothers compared to men mm. uh, I see this right in general um, when a father is cooking and preparing meals for their kids once in a while. You know, they, they get a gold star. While mm-hmm. moms are expected to prepare all meals with barely any acknowledgement. I mean, it's just to be expected. Mm-hmm. You know, when fathers step up to parent their children while their partners get their me time, they are lauded. Mm-hmm. When it should be a normal state of affairs. I mean, they're doing their part in parenting, you know. So, um, I think there were some interesting discussions within the team as well about fathers feeling this pressure too when they get Mm. super hands-on with the nitty-gritty of parenting. When they want to spend time with their children, they are seen as the outliers. This um, camp, Takutbini, (laughs) you know. They don't discuss this with other fathers that might not do the same when instead, you know. I mean, this should be celebrated. It should be embraced because kids need their fathers too. Mm. Um, Lavender, what about you? Do you hear, um, do, have you heard similar comments, similar situations from other people as well? 
Absolutely. It's very, very common that a lot of the scrutiny falls on the women. Mm. So like Najmin mentioned, right? It's like if a, if a father cooks a meal, it's such a big deal. If a mother cooks a meal, there's a lot of scrutiny. Are you using organic, you know? Um, are you like making sure your child's meals are balanced? There's so much detail into how well a woman is supposed to do when it comes to child rearing. Whereas for a husband, if they're taking care of the children, it's considered babysitting mm. you know like oh you're babysitting the kids today it's not babysitting that is your child right mm. 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 and actually this this brings to mind how i've seen um someone share a meme before or a post before where when the dad orders takeout for the kids it's he's seen as the fun dad but if the mom mm. does it he, she's oh, seen yeah. as the lazy mom <laughs> and that and and i guess that's playing into harmful stereotypes isn't it yeah, it really is the expectations on women in terms of child rearing or even housework is so much higher. Mm. Um, Najmin, what does being a good parent mean to you and your partner as well? Um, I think that we can all agree that we want the same things for our kids. Mm. Uh, we want them to be safe, healthy, happy, to do well and fulfill their potential. So does it mean that a good mother is the one that puts the child first, you know, sacrificing everything and herself for his or her well-being? Um, as a parenting platform, I think we often discuss this and we want to be careful about labeling a mom as a good mom mm. or otherwise. Because this label, super mom, it gets thrown around a lot. You know, moms who keep the house in order manage almost all aspects of parenting, from schooling to keeping up with the medical checkups, you know, and keep the little ones entertained with all the play dates, juggle the demands of a career if they work, and satisfy their partners or spouses while looking super hot, you know. Mm. Just going through that list is super exhausting. So I think that um, we should all just try to be the best mom for our kids instead. I mean, what works for um, other families might not work for mine. Mm. So... Um, I think I like what a friend shared with me when we discussed this idea about what it means to be a good mother, mm. that maybe the emphasis should be on being a good human being who is also a mother. And I think that's a really good way to look at this. Mm. Lavender, how do all these expectations that that that's placed on mothers and, and what Najmin said about having to be all these things at once, having to be the super mom, how does all of this also impact someone's mental health, someone's emotional well-being when when this all of this is sort of being directed at them? It's so much pressure. It is a lot of pressure. I do work with a lot of mothers who are quite severely burned out because mm. of all of this pressure. So some of them are working, working full-time or part-time. And it's just really, when you think about it, the sheer load of it is insane. Especially in modern day, we have a lot less um, social support, right? Versus like maybe in the olden days, you live in a village, there's so many people mm. to come and help you. Modern mothers have full careers and have to handle all of these things that typically take the village to handle. So it's no surprise that they get really burned out, really stressed out. Or even if they're not working mothers, the expectations on non-working mothers to be so perfect. It's like, oh, you don't have a job. So you have to send your kids to the best school. Their hair always has to look good. They have to eat a certain way, you know. They have to be perfectly behaved. So even on non-working mothers, the pressure is so unrealistic. Mm. Nobody can meet mm. these expectations. It's just not human. Mm. Now, do you, do you or the, the other mums at Mashi also have those sorts of unrealistic expectations put on you? How do you manage that? Um, 
I think so. Yeah, definitely. You know, uh, I think I want to make it clear as well, right? Mm. That I think it's great that we now live in a time where we are presented with choices mm. and we want to honor the choices that women make for themselves and for their families, whether it's choosing to stay at home with the kids or to work outside the home, right? And I think there will always be mom guilt, I think, whether you're a stay at home mom or if you're working. If you work, you will always feel like you're missing out and that you're not spending enough time with the kids. It's mm. it's nearly impossible for moms to feel that they're doing their best at work and at home. Mm. Because when it comes to being a mom, there are certain expectations about raising children as though they never work, you know. And they they when they become mothers, they need to double their efforts to overcome such unfair negative perceptions of their performance. And uh, if you're a stay-at-home mom, then... As we have seen from our sharing sessions with our readers and our community, there is guilt as well about not contributing enough financially to the family. Mm. So at Mashi, you know, we we strongly believe that women need to get their share of these opportunities. You know, um, we want our careers to be rewarding. We want opportunity to engage in meaningful work. And I think we can't do this on our own. I mean, I think it's great that Lavender mentioned that, you know, we we live in a in a society that is increasingly isolated i mean we don't really have as much access to uh society supporting us i mean mm. but you know um our workplaces need to help with that and our partners need to support us too when when we want to do this uh you know, uh, balancing work and home life, you know. Mm. You talk about the, the importance of choice, Najmin. I guess I know you are a working mom. How did you have that discussion with your partner about, you know, your roles, your responsibilities as parents, but also as individual be- people, right? Because like you said earlier, you're more than just the mother. I derive great satisfaction from my work. I mean, I find joy in, you know, exploring new opportunities, learning new skills, you know, pushing myself out of my comfort zone. Mm -hmm. I've been very lucky that my husband has only been super supportive in everything that I do when it comes to work. Mm -hmm. My work hours can be quite demanding. I mean, I work on weekends sometimes. Mm -hmm. So in this case, he has always stepped up to the plate. And frankly, he has done more than his fair share in keeping our family going. I mean, Mm -hmm. you know, getting the kids to school on time, to tuition and extra classes and so on. And, um, you know, my kids, they're they're also used to me working. So Mm. it's easier for me, you know, because I work with a parenting platform like Machi. So I do get to involve them in my work. Um, Part of my work involves checking out kid-friendly activities and spaces. So having that feedback and input, it helped me. Mm. You know, my experiences at home, they also inform what I do, you know, Mm. when it when it comes to the topic of social media and navigating digital lives, for example, you know, when it comes to mental health. So in this, I have been very, very lucky. Mm. Lavender, from an a emotional support perspective, from a mental health perspective, how important is keeping those communications open between you and your partner as well when it comes to openly talking about this, right? Whether or not it's something that um, both partners agree with, whether or not it's something one partner is struggling with, how important is keeping those communications open? It's so important. It's absolutely key. And I think the positive thing, maybe it's because of uh, increased awareness. Mm. I do find that a lot of people are a lot more devoted to this. So a lot of men that I work with are also a lot more dedicated to trying to be the best parent and trying to share the load with their partners. Mm. A lot of people going into marriage have started to seek um, marriage premarital counseling. Mm. Um, Even when it's non-religious, there are religious ones and there are also non-religious ones. So people actually start off their marriage 
marriage, uh, purposefully having these conversations about how they want to split things when they have children. A lot of people I work with um, really kind of work preemptively on this uh, versus in the past, right? So if you're able to kind of work this out, understand each other's strengths, talk about what suits you, because there's no formula, right? Mm. So like Najmin said, what works for her family doesn't work for everyone else, right? So if you're able to sit down and talk about each other's strengths and weaknesses, how each other's career looks like and how they want it to go and how, you know, household chores and caregiving chores can be split in that way, things are so much easier. You'll feel so much less resentment towards the other person rather than just taking on things you assume that you should take on or, you know, for maybe the other party giving the load to another person thinking that they're fine with it, that they want to handle it. Um, so if you have that awareness and that communication, it can go a lot more smoothly and you mm-hmm. can adapt when things change. You can mm-hmm. talk about it. Mm. Does it make a difference if, if, for example, couples talk about this preemptively versus dealing with it later when only when something crops up? Mm, it definitely does because if you speak about it beforehand at least you're prepared so it's not saying that you cannot change your mind Mm. but you get to kind of voice it out and also because when the when the issue comes up there's a lot of emotions already in play right so maybe if your workload is very heavy you're very stressed out that is when you want to talk to your partner Mm. about splitting the load you're very emotional and very stressed out you may not be able to problem solve adequately Whereas if, you know, you have spoken about it before and then during the stressful period, you can refer back to what you talked about last time. Does it still work? So a little bit less tension in the problem solving process. Mm. All right. On the show with me today are Najminta Judin from Marshi and Lavender Tan, a clinical psychologist, joining me to discuss society's perceptions towards working parents and whether, you know, there is still a double standard um, in parenting, uh, especially applied to mothers in particular. So we'll be right back after a quick break. So keep it here on BFM 89.9. Welcome back to Live and Learn on The Bigger Picture with me, Lim Su. And on the show with me today are Najmin Tajuddin from Mashi and Lavender Tan, a clinical psychologist. We are talking about whether people are still perpetuating double standards in parenting, um, especially towards working mothers. And, you know, this is coming off rumours that were swirling around the divorce of celebrity couple Joe Jonas and Sophie Turner, how the rumours were mostly focused around how um, Sophie Turner wasn't present um, as much in in the lives of her children in recent months Um, and and the dad has been the one that has been allegedly taking care of the kids Um, even though the mom is actually off working filming abroad Um, now I guess but I guess coming back towards this whole thing about um, the burden on mothers the the whether there is a double standard um, Lavender earlier Nachman spoke about mom guilt Um, I've also heard people talking about that and and the mental load and how that disproportionately affects women um are these two linked you know mom guilt and the mental load um the fact that many mothers are constantly doing this cognitive work this worry work yeah it's it is still the case so what the research shows is that men have stepped up a lot more in terms of doing tasks Mm. so like the picking up of kids and things like which is great but what they find is it still tends to fall on the women in terms of the cognitive aspect of it so for example yes the father will pick the child up from ballet but the mom is the one who picks the ballet school who schedules ballet who tells the dad hey you have to leave at 
5.30 from work to pick her up from ballet or the school is closed this week, there's no ballet, right? Mm. So those are the aspects that do tend to weigh on the woman a lot more. So the guilt sometimes in that area is if I forget, my husband might show up late or not show up and there'll be a problem. If I forget, then this doesn't happen. So the consequences right? Versus um, for the men, they have somebody to remind them, to tell them what to do. Uh, not to say that, you know, it's not important that they help out. Mm. It's just that the fact that they have to think about it, right? So I think that's a big aspect of the mom guilt. So if they miss out on something or they ch- their child, I don't know, struggles in school, it's their load to think of finding the tuition place. And if they miss out on that, then the guilt is, I didn't do it now. Mm. Is that something that resonates with you, Najmin? Oh, yeah, uh, I think so. Um, There is this recent economic paper in the US that Mm -hmm. is quite interesting. I mean, they shared that schools are 40% more likely to call up mothers rather than fathers if they are given the choice on the parent to contact, right? Mm. I see this for my kids too. I mean, we have WhatsApp groups for our kids. (laughs) Generally, you don't find fathers in the group. It's just just moms. Mm. It's insane because, I mean, it should be both ways, right? I Mm. mean... Fathers should be involved too. But it's it's just across the board. It's just moms in this WhatsApp group. And I have three kids. So, you know, you can imagine the, the WhatsApp groups. I'm, <laughs> so, yeah, um, definitely. Mm, I mean, cognitively, that just seems... That just sounds like a lot to manage on top of everything. I mean, even if in in, in your case, you you have a husband who's supportive of you, right? But in some cases, I guess if you don't have that, those channels open, um, then then that's something that you need to work on. Lavender, is there a way to manage that sort of cognitive work? Considering it, a lot of it sounds like it's sort of happening in the background as well, right? You sort of think about it um, subconsciously. Is there a way to manage it? Yeah. You're right. It does happen in the background. And it's also, like Najmin mentioned, it's societally reinforced, right? Mm. The teachers will reach out to the moms or like other parents will reach out to the moms to schedule play dates. So that's where communication is important. Um, Talking to your partner, like, hey, this is what is naturally happening. Are we okay with this? So let's say if the mom take on the load of scheduling the play dates or scheduling the parent-teacher meetings and things like that, are there things within the home that the dad can take the load on, you know? Like uh, any kind of um, repair works uh, where you have to call somebody to come in to clean the house, you know, taking the laundry to the laundromat, those kind of things. Maybe, naturally, nobody would just fall on the women for that. Okay, you can take charge completely of that so that the woman does not have to hold the mental load for that. So when when somebody steps up to take charge of something, they have to really take charge of it. They have to be the point of contact, the person planning, as well as executing, not just executing. Mm. But in certain cases, depending on, I don't know, your work structure, it is okay also to say like, hey, you know, the teacher naturally contacts me, but it just makes more sense for you to handle this. Let me speak to the teacher. Hey, please contact, you know, my partner on these matters because maybe they have more flexibility in terms of taking the calls. So communication to divvy up the work rather than just whatever falls on your lap stays on your lap. Hmm. Um, Najmin, you do you think that we as a society allow women, especially mothers, that safe space to talk about the challenges that they go through in motherhood? Um, I think they do. Um, um, platforms like ours, right? I mm. mean, we we want to be that safe space where mom can just discuss the challenges of parenting without 
being judged. And I think there are increasingly a lot of spaces like that for mums. I think, you know, we always think that our mums are perfect mums and they never complain about about the work that goes on in motherhood. And I Mm -hmm. think now is the time when, you know, we are a bit more open about the struggles and the challenges that we all face. And I think that's that's really great. I mean, definitely the conversation is there and that more women are realizing that, hey, it's okay to want more for yourself rather than just being a mom to your kids. You know, um, that's it's it's okay. Uh, you know, don't don't beat yourself up over wanting more. Mm. Yeah. Um Lavender, why is it important for women to also, for for women or men, you know, for parents to also carve out that space for themselves, for their own well-being? Because earlier you spoke about feeling burnt out as well, right? Is that something that can tackle that? If by by Mm. sort of allowing, with individuals allowing themselves to have that space for themselves? Yeah, it's very important because I think sometimes we get uh, bogged down in the idea of childcare as just being physically present and doing things for them or arranging things for them. But a huge part of parenting is modeling, right? Mm. So your your kids will learn from you in terms of your mental health, how you take care of yourself, how you, you know, carve space for yourself. So what happens, I mean, we talk about this with body image as well, like women, mothers who beat themselves up and um, openly criticize their own body it it passes down to their children their daughters Mm -hmm. so it's similar you know if you don't show yourself any self-compassion you only self-sacrifice you're perpetually burned out that is the signal that you're sending to your kids like hey this is how life is supposed to be and I don't I don't think we want that right so as much as you know we want to be present for our children it's important to know that your mental health impacts your ability to parent your ability to uh, be present when you're sharing difficult emotions and just generally even the vibe in the house right Mm -hmm. I think a lot of people talk about growing up with parents who are perpetually stressed so they will say things like I had everything I went to so many classes you know there was roof over our head food on the table but my parents were always stressed and I always felt the tension so in a way, it does come around as well. Taking care of yourself is not selfish. It's a huge aspect of being a healthy parent. Mm. Najmin earlier spoke about um, how men sometimes are, are worried about speaking out as well, that that they are helping out more, that they, they get labelled as quote-unquote takut need and, and because they are, they are seen as um, less of a man, right? Is that, a ch- is that something that you've heard from clients as well? Or perhaps um, that you've observed, I guess, do we do we provide, I mean, we've gotten better at giving women that safe space to talk. But do you think we still have a long way to go in giving men that safe space to talk? Definitely. It's a, and it's a huge aspect of toxic masculinity, right? Mm. Uh, thankfully, because the work that I do is in therapy. So when men come in for therapy even if they don't start off with that open-mindedness, they develop that open-mindedness and then they start to become more open and share with other people. Uh, Culturally, yes, there is still that, you know, like things like uh, if you ask a man if they're coming for the company dinner, you'll, you'll ask them like, oh, did you get your passport? Like they have to get the license to come out, you know, so that whole takut bini mm. aspect. So it's important for us to kind of um, break that. So as a woman, um, what typic- what I would typically do is say, um, say something very val- validating, you know, like, oh, you're such a great father, you know, um, 
it, it's awesome that you are spending time with your kids. You know, just just publicly validate that men should be doing that, and of course, doing that for women as well. So mm. it's you know, it's not just for men. But we we it does take some work, and it has improved a lot. A lot of men now work so hard to be equal partners. Do you think that um, continue with you first, Lavender? Do you think that as a society, especially in Malaysian society nowadays, um, it's not uncommon to see both parents working, right? And and partially that's also driven by economic reasons. But do you think that we've become more accepting towards both parents taking on equal responsibility in the home and not judging as much? Hmm. I I definitely think it has improved. Uh, in a lot of the clients that I work with, when they talk about their workspaces, mm. uh, the companies do try and generally so- socially, right? Um, I think a lot of uh, social groups are trying really hard to be more open to that. But there is still a little bit of a gap, a little bit of a gap in terms of like, you know, when a child is sick, the expectation still kind of falls to the mom mm. to be the one to rush out of the office to go pick the kid up. Um, I think it's improving, but it still has a way to go. Mm. Najmin, what gaps do you still see when it comes to society's perception towards the responsibility of both parents, even though they're both working? Um, I think there is, as Lavender said, the gap there. And I think uh, just bring it back down to families, right? I think mm. it's important for us to model it within our families mm-hmm. to actually work towards making this a bit more equal. For example, in my house, my husband is the cook because my kids just love his cooking more than mine. And mm-hmm. you know, I, I think it's great because when my kids are seeing that, both my two girls and my young son, they get this to see this in action that, you know, housework doesn't have to be divided along gendered lines. Mm. You do what you're good at. It's you know, normalized, comes, right? Yes, exactly. And when it comes to the more emotional chats, when it comes to speaking about feelings, about mental health, since... I'm the one that read all the books and attend workshops and stuff like that, then I'm perhaps the best person to speak to my kids on this topic. It requires having the vocabulary and language to address the issue, right? Mm -hmm. So we play our own roles and we focus on the things that we're good at. And that is what parenting should be like, like a true partnership Mm. and just not divided based on gender. And hopefully this is what we get to pass on to our kids too. So um, I think it's important to think about it as... um, trying to do the work at home to mm. to you know to raise kids so that things are a little different in the future. Mm. So Lavender, I guess in terms of how we can improve how we talk about things, right? To not fall into these gender stereotypes, to not um inadvertently put these expectations upon other people. What are some things that you think we can keep ourselves in check? It's a very difficult one because mm. as much as we have a lot of awareness, there's all of these ingrained mm. things, right? So I think generally just being aware um, before you make any comments at all about anybody's parenting, reminding yourself you really don't know what's going on behind closed doors. Who mm. are you to judge? Definitely not jumping to judgment, right? And um, taking the time to kind of understand before you even make any comments at all to the people we work with. And also trying to give space for both men and women in terms of, you know, their parental responsibilities or their household roles. So I guess one of the things that can help even the playing field a little bit is, you know, like how people react when a man has to, you know, take time off Mm -hmm. to take care of the kids versus a woman, right? It's a lot 
they say it's a lot harder for them because people will say, oh, shouldn't your wife handle that? No, um, I think it has improved from what I hear from a lot of my clients in workplaces. But generally, just having the same reaction towards a man taking time off for childcare duties as you would towards a woman taking mm. time off for childcare duties. And like, you know, this whole Joe Jonas, uh, Sophie Turner thing, these comments are really unfair. You don't know what's going on mm. in their relationship. You just see a couple of paparazzi pictures. So really trying to just refrain from making these comments at all to begin with would be very helpful. Mm. I think it's it's quite strange because even though we're talking about a celebrity couple and, and photos that are being put up by paparazzis, for us other regular folks, you know, people, I also see people judging based on what parents put up on social media, based on what parents share online, even though we know it's not the full picture of what's happening, right? Yeah. So really that that whole um, don't judge until unless you know what's happening really applies to anyone here. Mm, exactly. Mm. Najmin, perhaps then from your perspective, you know, we've been talking about parents um, balancing between their careers and their roles as parents. Um, what would you like to see employers, companies also do better to support both parents when it comes to their responsibilities at home? I think that uh, it's important for workplaces to uh, not put the whole load on mothers uh, as Lavender mentioned right I think increasingly fathers want to take time off as well so re realizing that um, both fathers and mothers um, want that involvement in their kids lives and having that kind of time for for their families that that should be seen as uh, something that companies should provide you know um, mm -hmm. that space for both um, mothers and fathers as well. Um, women are definitely more penalized at work because when there is such a thing as a motherhood penalty that when you actually have children, then then you are seen to not care about work as much as you probably would have before having children um, and they need to put in more work mm -hmm. um, to just overcome that unfair um, judgment right on their performance. So I think... Um, Workspaces need to be a little bit more open to moms being both, you know, I mean, mm. working at home, working as well as um, parenting their children. And I think that's what we are trying to do with much here as well. We're trying to create this space that is different because um, our workspace is on mothers. So we, we have this very... Um, Different. We, we have a very different way of looking at how work should be, you mm -hmm. know, because uh, we all have our responsibilities and we try to honour that. Um, so we see ourselves as um, a different kind of model of mm. how a workspace can be supportive to mothers, mm. you know, uh, that flexibility that women want. And increasingly, we have seen that, right, because of the overload that happened during the pandemic, you know, that that. Workplaces are now re realizing that there should be greater flexibility mm. that they offer to their employees. Mm. I think if anything, Machi is showing that it's it's not impossible, that it is doable with the right support, with the right understanding of um, of how we function as a society, how we how people function as a family, and that you know accommodations can be made, and it won't it won't always affect 
productivity. I think that's always the, the, the feeling, right? That, that, you know, by giving these accommodations, it will affect your company's bottom line. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I think we, we've shown that uh, our model works, uh, at least for, for the mums anyway, because um, we, we work so differently because our lives are so different. Because, mm. for example, uh, our managing editor, Kim, um, she works very late at night and then she she types in her emails in, you know, at one in the morning or four in the morning, you know. And that's okay as long as we stick to a timeline, for example, and, you know, work gets delivered on time. So, and whereas for me, right, I mean, I can't function past 9 p.m. So, I mean, don't don't call me. Mm. So, <laughs> you know, it, it makes accommodation for the different kind of um, home life that we do have and the different ages of our kids as well because Kim has younger kids, whereas I have older kids. So, so my life is a little bit more... Um, routine than perhaps um, the mums in the team that have younger children, you know, so. Mm. I guess Lavender, this boils down to trust, doesn't it, in an organisation? It does. And flexibility in your thinking as well. Mm. You know, it's not just a, you have to be productive between these hours in order to do things well, right? Having some flexibility that structure can look different Mm. uh, and it can still be, helpful and productive like Najmin mentioned um, you know your editor who writes emails at 1am maybe with all the silence she can be super productive super creative at that time rather than if you try to restrict her to a specific set of hours Mm. yeah I think (laughs) that's exactly what she said it's quieter at night (laughs) yeah Mm. I mean, everyone works differently, right? And it goes back to um, everything that we've been talking about today, about figuring out with your partner what your roles, your responsibilities are, what it means to both of you to be a good parent. Um, And thank you both so much for coming on the show today. Oh, thank you, Suhan. Thank you so much. I enjoyed the conversation. I've been speaking to Najmin Tajuddin from Mashik and Lavender Tan, a clinical psychologist. If you missed any part of today's show or any previous Live and Learn episodes, you can look up the podcast on bfm.my or on the BFM app. I'm Lim Suen and this has been Live and Learn BFM 89.9. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.